Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. I hope everybody had a great week out there. Well, it wasn't a bad week for the New York Mets. They went uh, two out of three against the Marlins and then split the series against the Washington Nationals, though one game was not good as the Mets got completely hammered uh, the second game against the Nationals, uh, losing that game 16-4. to uh, But all in all, 4-3 uh, on the week, for the Metsies as they head further into this uh, oddball season of 2020. A um, couple of news and notes to uh, talk about here. Uh, one is that uh, the uh, Walter Walker Lockett and Brad Brack were reinstated from the injured list while Paul Seawood and Ali Sanchez were optioned out. The activation of Lockett could mean he's going to be uh, a candidate to take Michael Walker's spot, who uh, came out of the rotation after an injury. And, of course, the Marcus Stroman decision that we're going to talk about in just a second to opt out of the rest of the season. So Walker Lockett is uh, back. Uh, Robert Gizelman, however, was the uh, replacement for uh, I guess it was Strowman's spot, you would call it. Uh, but um, uh, so Lockett's here as as I guess he's a backup and an emergency starter in case somebody else goes down. Uh, Luis Rojas told reporters that Rosario, about Rosario, still a team starting shortstop, even though he hasn't played for a while. He's out of action due to what the Mets term as a stomach illness. But Rojas acknowledged after the game that the team is also looking to get he, Rosario, back on track at the plate. Rosario is hitting 207. Andres Jimenez, who has been replacing him, uh, is hitting 286. Jimenez is, has also played sharp defense and is tied for the MLB lead with five steals. But for now, it seems as though he'll continue to slot in around the diamond that could mean a move back to second base once rosario is well enough to return the lineup but you know at second cano is uh, due to come back and he was hitting when he left and also luis guillorme is doing a fantastic job there making the plays at second and short the de- you know look you hate you hate seeing anybody get hurt but since these two guys got injured uh well the defense has been substantially better substantially better so uh 
it, it's uh, it, it's remarkable how good the defense has picked up since the injuries of both uh, Cano and um, uh, Rosario. So uh, Guillorme and Jimenez have just played really good ball. And uh, look, you know, they're hitting and they're playing. They deserve to play. That's all I can say about that. All right, uh, let's see what else we got. Lefty David Peterson, who's been a really a, a, a surprise, a highly touted, but still, they, I don't think they expected him to be along this quick. He's shown great poise. He has shown uh, bulldog determination. It's just pitched wonderfully. Uh, revealed that he's dealing with some shoulder fatigue. Uh, this from Mike Puma of the New York Post. Uh, Peterson, the Mets' first-round draft pick back in 2017, had held the Nationals to one run and a pair of walks through five strong innings. He said after the game that he's not concerned with shoulder issue. The Mets can ill afford to lose any other pitches. Uh, you know, thank God they found Peterson in the absence of Syndergaard, uh, but now if uh, Peterson was to go down for any amount of time, that would really affect the rotation. So let's hope he can hold it together. It's very mild, and and, uh, maybe he missed a turn or something, and they can bring him back. Uh, Of course, the big news, as I mentioned earlier, Marcus Stroman opts out of the season. And essentially is done as a New York man, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, another awful trade by BVW. You know, we gave up another first-round draft pick and a second-round draft pick, and now Anthony Kay is pitched already for the Blue Jays. Simeon Woods-Richardson is, uh, the Reddit article said, the very impressive uh, turned heads in the spring camp, uh, summer camp. So uh, it looks like we got taken again on a deal. Thank you, Brody Van Wagenen. It's time for you to go uh, as well as uh, time for uh, you to opt out as well as uh, Stroman. Stroman, uh, I, I, look, I, you can't condemn somebody with all of this COVID-19 nonsense going on, but... The guy hasn't shown anything. He's pitched 11 games. He's had so-so results last year and and nothing this year. So he's going into a free agency year with really nothing in his resume other than the years before and uh, a history of getting hurt. So, look, I wish him good luck in the free agent market. I just don't see how it's going to where they think it's going to pay off by uh, uh, going to free agency, but it's his decision. So uh, it's his money to win or lose. All right, we're going to take a quick break and going to be back with my guest, the great Rich Baxter, right after we stop here. Hello, welcome back. You're joining me this week is Mr. Rich Baxton, no stranger to the show. He has that great Fightin' Phillies uh, blog and Phillies Talk podcast, and Rich is my uh, broadcast partner on the Baseball Talk radio show. Rich, welcome back to Mets Musings. 
Thank you very much, Gary. It seems like we've taken a long time to get back to uh, the baseball diamond this year. <laughs> well, you know, Rich, usually uh, when I interview you or anybody else from out of town, I'd have a roster here and go over the roster, but holy mackerel, Rich, th- this year is like, it's crazy. I mean, they, they're changing... Uh, they're changing players on a daily basis. It's it's like they're changing socks or something here. I I can't keep up with it. I can't even tell you, you know, more than two guys that are on the the Phillies right now that I remember. But uh, hopefully you can do that. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Mets and the Phillies both struggling this year. Let's be honest. Uh, short season, you get off to a slow start. It's going to be tough to finish. Um, Phillies had some uh, time off unexpectedly because of an outbreak of COVID. Not so much. They had a few guys, but mostly Miami and, and the safekeeping. Uh, so they're back to playing now. How did that all pan out for everybody? Panned out pretty good for the Phillies. They got, like you said, an extra week off. With the Marlins, uh, they played a weekend series. Then all of a sudden on Monday morning, it was revealed that up to 12 to 13 Marlins players and coaches tested positive for the virus, as everybody probably read. And then the Phillies were put on ice for a week, and so were the Marlins out of caution. And um, I guess it might have hurt the Phillies a little bit in the end. I guess if you had to look back and say, you know, did it help them or hurt them? Now I would think with momentum the way it was, might have hurt them a little bit. They've been not firing on off cylinders to to use a phrase, but, you know, sort of caught on their back feet a lot. Uh, They've lost a few games uh, with the bullpen. The bullpen's been terrible. Skipped over a few games that they've had. So they're trying to make up those games now. They're five and seven. And that's about what the Phillies have been, a 500 team for the past several years. So we were looking for a big improvement this year. Maybe it still is to come. um, But so far, a lot of people are a little disappointed. Well, I I know we're we're disappointed here, too. And I I really think I'm not even going to count this year. I I, I just think this this year – pretty much is going to go to the scrap heap and, uh, you know, not really worry about it too much because uh, I, it, it's just, I, I don't know, I get the impression it's, it, even if you win, it's either, it depends upon the team. To the hometown team, it's going to be legit. To everybody else, is going to be a question mark. Yeah, it's legit, but, uh, you know, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, but, there's been no further outbreaks of the COVID-19 with the Phillies. Uh, we know now that the Marlins went out in Atlanta and think that that was the whole problem with the thing. Um, I still don't understand why they gave everybody a week off. No offense, but you know that I thought that was the whole idea of the 16-man pool and the 30-man roster to keep playing, and you could draw players in so you wouldn't have this. I mean... I was looking at the schedule, and and the Cardinals have five games played this year. 
I mean, that seems a little ridiculous. Uh, at least the Phillies are up to 12, and, and uh, most of the other teams are at 18. I think the Marlins at are 11 because they were off as well as you. But um, uh, So what is uh, – you, you touched on some of it. The bullpen's bad. Uh, we've got the same issue. Um, certain guys, how kind of starts did they get off to? Uh, JT Real Muto, how has he been performing – uh, the young first baseman, left field, slash left fielder, uh, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, um, left fielder with Andrew McCutcheon? Not or McCutcheon. The, the other guy that was playing left field, and then they moved him to first base, the big guy, the young guy. Adam Hazley. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's he's been doing pretty well. Um Let's go around the field a little bit here uh, for the Phillies. Of course, as you said, JT Real Muto is sort of carrying this Phillies team. He's uh, got five home runs, 12 RBIs so far in this, call it an early season, for, for lack of better <laughs> words. Uh, Reese Hoskins has been struggling. Uh, he's been a prospect for the Phillies for the past couple of years. That's the guy the I'm thinking of. Okay, okay. Yeah, Reese Hoskins um, was a long ball hitter um, in previous years, but he's struggling mightily. Uh, his average was down around 111 the other day when I checked. Uh, Scott Kingry getting a chance at second base now that they moved Cesar Hernandez uh, finally. And a lot of people have been calling for Kingry to uh, take over that uh, spot over the last few seasons and he hasn't really excelled. Uh, maybe he's good in the field, but he hasn't really uh, contributed to the offense. He's batting a hundred right now. Hmm. Uh, he's got one RBI. So, I mean, you know, that <laughs> just looking at those two first and second base, you're batting a hundred. Uh, that's not good. Uh, over at short, Didi Gregorius, people in the New York area probably know him very well, the name and you know what he's capable of. He's been doing good for the Phillies. Um, got some speed, three home runs, ten ribbies, so he's right up there with the contenders as far as uh, producers for the Phillies. Third base, Gene Segura. We've uh, heard that name over the years. He's a Doing pretty well, right? At this point, he's at 200 for his batting average, a couple home runs, three RBIs. But uh, moving out to the field, we have Andrew McCutcheon that was out on an injury all year last year. Right. Left. Um, Adam Hazley filling in there. I thought that's who you were referring to. He's been a prospect of the Phillies uh, over the years. Kind of a big guy. Um Got some power, so if you see him in this series against the Mets, you'll know uh, a name to look for in the future from the Phillies. Um, in center, you got a platoon situation, uh, Roman Quinn, Adam Hazley again, two prospects of the Phillies. Um, Quinn being the one that's been there more often um, in previous years, so we'll have to see. It's a sort of a make-it-or-break-it year for Roman Quinn, I think, at this point. And out and right, we have Bryce Harper, familiar name, one of the stars of the league, 332 millions 
Later, the <laughs> Phillies got him, and this is his second year with the Phillies, and he's producing as well. Four home runs, 10 ribbies, uh, 324 batting average. So, you know, at least he's holding up his end of the bargain for the Phillies this year early. And Jay Bruce is our designated hitter in the National League. <laughs> Doesn't sound right. Another former Met that <laughs> you got. And speaking of former Mets, is uh, Neil Walker was with the team last year uh, in a utility role. And, of course, the, the one that we all cry about here in New York is, uh, uh, I don't know what kind of, he was off to a good start. Zach Wheeler, who the Phillies signed as a free agent, uh, got off to a good start. Is he continuing that? Yeah, he's... Um been a pleasant surprise people were expecting some good things from him but i'm not sure that they expected this amount of goodness from him he's two and zero for the phil so far this year 30 years old this season um 2.889 rather era and he's pitched in two games he's got two wins for the phils anytime you take the ball <laughs> and get a win for the phillies uh we take note. So <laughs> Zach Wheeler has been uh, pretty reliable so far. And that's what the Phillies need out of that pitching staff, whether it be a, a starter or a reliever, is reliability. And they, as you said in the opening couple uh, sentences, the, the Phillies bullpen has been absolutely horrible. There's no other way to sugarcoat it and I won't sugarcoat it. I won't attempt to sugarcoat it. (laughs) Uh, it, It's just, it's unbelievable to me that no attention was, was made, you know, as a precedence to fix this bullpen in the off season. And it is atrocious. The Phillies dropped one again last night, 10 to nine to, uh, (laughs) to the Orioles of all teams. Uh, and uh, the, they looked kind of comical. Uh, the quote was this morning, the Phillies were on the wrong side of the game with, quote, everything. So <laughs> a little embarrassing for um, our new manager. Of course, again, uh, New York connection there, Joe Girardi taking over the reins for the Phillies this year. Rob Thompson is his bench coach. But a little embarrassment for Joe Girardi so far uh, with this team, you know, yeah, I expected a lot better. Yeah, I I would agree, but you know, I just think that this year is so whacked out that I don't think you know, you don't know what to expect. I mean, they had, you know, had they started early at a spring training and of course they couldn't, but you know, I think the guys were ready to go. And then they had that layoff and then you get back in and you know, it's like when they lay off all winter, they come into spring training, they got four to six weeks of training there before they start to play. And I know they get bored, but we're almost starting to see with this season that spring training does have a meaning because they had, what, two and a half weeks here? And yeah. we can see it's not the same level of baseball, I don't think. No, and it's it's a level that I've only casually watched uh i don't make it a priority like i used to because as as you said i don't really view this as real baseball 
you know, it is baseball and we have it back and I'm thankful to have something to, to look at and things like that. But it's just with all these rule changes, you have the DH in the National League. I'm just my interest has drifted a little bit mm-hmm. from, you know, 100 percent of focus into maybe, you know, a casual observer. Right. <laughs> so no. far. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, in fact, I got a, a, a note the other day from my brother. He lives in uh, Florida, and he was watching, uh, I guess it was the Yankees were playing Tampa Bay and uh, uh, a double header, and he didn't realize that they had changed the rule to seven innings. <laughs> he was I can't say what he wrote me, but he was quite perturbed that it was a seven-inning game. And as you said, it, it, it's uh, – he 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 reminded me of. Uh, <clears throat> he said it was like when uh, you played in uh, Connie Mack ball. Uh, it was seven inning games and and you know double headers and everything. You played seven innings, uh, but you know this is it. Like you said, they got all these wacky rules for the year. It kind of just takes everything out of it. Now it's. There's a distinct possibility that some of these rules are going to stick, but um, we'll have to see where that goes. But uh, uh, as as you mentioned, though, Jay Bruce is your DH. What kind of season is he having? <clears throat> He's been sneaking up quietly um, every now and again. He'll come out with a, a big home run yesterday. He had a long uh, home run hit out into the uh, upper deck area in right field. So he's uh, up to the minute here. Let me check my my stats up to the minute on Jay Bruce. But he's been, you know, this is his role, a DH, um, and he's done it very well. He's back right. 600. Uh, he's got that one home run last night against the um, – Baltimore Orioles, and he, he hit that one far, like I said. So he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of wood on the ball. Uh, let's see how many home runs overall. He's got three so far with seven RBIs. So he's certainly contributing to this team and uh, making his presence known. It's great that the way he's been uh, acting, I have no concern about him at all. It, it's a shame we can't play him in the field as well sure you would probably like to play both sides but uh, he's been a godsend for the Phils. yeah he was a, a pretty decent right fielder i mean he came along he struggled his first year here and got better with the mets and and uh tell you the truth that trade he was involved in awful awful trade traded two first round draft picks jay bruce to the mariners for Edwin Diaz, and uh, who's been a complete disaster. He's pitching better lately now, okay? But you know what? We traded two first-round picks for a closer, and now we got a setup guy or a seventh-inning guy. Uh, so it's still a disaster. I don't care how well he pitches in that spot. Um, and, uh, uh, and and Robertson Cano. I, I think what the Mets are probably doing, you're trying to get Diaz straightened out personally. I would try to get him straightened out this season, have him pitching in the eighth to the seventh inning, and then move him in the winter. 
you know, to a smaller market or something if they can. That's that's what I would do. But uh, I don't own the team. We don't know who owns the team yet. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, like the Phillies have been. You know, this is the fifth year or sixth year for the current GM and and team president. Uh, who used to be from Baltimore, um, and he's a well-known name in the uh, the baseball field, but the Phillies have floundered for the last five years. In the first few years, all we heard was, oh, well, we're we're setting things up. you got to give us time. Well, they've had time now, and they're, they're still playing terrible. I know you can sort of throw this year out maybe, mm-hmm. but you really can't. I mean, are you going to win or aren't you, you know? Do you have the right players or don't you? you whether or not it's COVID-19 and the baseball's sort of switched around a little bit, still doesn't say that uh, there's glaring deficiencies that show themselves at every turn. I'm sure right. it's the same with the Mets. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and the problem with this year is that it it's not entirely fair to judge, as you just said, um, yet – in your case and in the Mets case as well, you're going to lose the possibility of losing key players next year. You could lose Real Muto. Uh, you know, you've got some good pieces in there and you, you, you just added a few this year and it's going to take a while. And this, this, this COVID screwed everything up. So you really want to see a whole year what they can do next season. But you may lose a guy, a key player there because of free agency. The Mets have the same thing. They put together this pitching staff. Okay, Syndergaard got hurt. There's nothing you can do about that. But now Stroman opts out. Uh, Cespedes comes back, and then he opts out. Uh, and they're both free agents. So they'll be gone next year. So it, it's really a difficult situation to see where you're even going to be in the future. Uh because they let guys opt out and and they let, you know, and I get it. I, you know, I'm not trying to be horrible here, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's just screwed up so many plans, but that's why they get paid the big bucks, I guess. And, uh, uh, now what is the word about real Muto? Are they talking to him about extending his contract? Will he go to free agency? At this point, there hasn't been any revelations on whether or not there's been numbers exchanged. In fact, uh, about a week ago, JT Riomuto came out and talked to the press and said, no, I haven't heard anything at all. So at this point, maybe the Phillies are playing a wait and see type of situation. Uh, They, as you said, don't have a whole lot of time, but the Phillies over the years have done odd things at odd times. If you remember, Ryan Howard signed a contract when the Phillies were out in California um, seemingly overnight. <laughs> it was never announced in Philly till the next day. Yeah. Um, and it was a big surprise to everybody. Why would you give a contract to a guy on the road and, and what we would term as the middle of the night type of thing? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, but another aspect of that is how many players can the Phillies afford at a big salary? They signed Zach Wheeler, as you said. They have Bryce Harper. Those are two big players. They have um, Kutch, who's 
not the cheapest guy around. He's making a lot of money. Can they afford to sign JT Real Muto and possibly keep a few other guys that are going to want a lot of money too? You know, like mm-hmm. I'd love to have the best of the best. But look, they've been playing 500 ball. They played 500 ball last year with or without JT Real Muto. <laughs> so <laughs> it's nice to have him around, but is he going to contribute? To something positive, yeah, probably, but at what price? And uh, I, I've got to ask about Aaron Nola. What what kind of season is Aaron Nola having? Has he been off to uh, a good start for the – because that was the buzz, you know. They would have had a nice p- – uh, coming out of the winter, of course, we talked about Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. Uh, you know, you got the starts of a, of a nice rotation there. Uh, Vince Velasquez, I know, is still there, and, and some other guys. Um, what happened? How is Aaron Nola doing? He started out the season pretty well pitching. He has been pitching very well, but the Phillies haven't been hitting for him, so he's sort of suffered a uh, anomaly sort of the way Cole Hamels used to. Every time Cole Hamels would go out on the mound, the Phillies – for some reason or another, would not hit for him. And that's what's been happening to Nola early on in this season. Uh, he's got a one-in-one record, 2.79 ERA. So he's he's there with his ERA. He's got 29 strikeouts. He's been striking out a lot of people. But Phillies haven't been giving him that run support. In fact, uh, very little run support. So that's been a problem. But overall, he's pitched very well. Well, you're talking about lack of run support, and that reminds me who you're going to see on uh, Friday night. It looks like, I'm sorry to say to you, I'm glad. Uh, it looks like you're going to get Jacob DeGrom. So I'm trying yeah, to see no. if I can get some matchups. Yeah, I'm not having a lot of luck, but uh, it looks like it's going to be DeGrom on Friday uh, probably Matt's on Saturday, and I guess Porcello on Sunday. Did that work out? Yeah, that's probably right. how it's going to be for the Mets. Uh, yeah, so. that's as you said. That's a formidable lineup for the Phillies to be facing, especially the way they're playing right now. Uh, very embarrassing was the uh, comments and the in the press or we have a post game show on uh, NBC sports Philly, which is the local uh, affiliate that shows most of the Phillies game. And guy, you may remember Ricky Patalico really yeah. teed off on him last night. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it seems like he's doing that all the time now. So it's, a, <laughs> it's a shame. Well, we but, know how uh, that is. <laughs> The Phillies and the Mets have that good rivalry, son, and they've both been struggling. So maybe this will be a good series, something a little entertainment, more entertaining for us anyway. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, they're both on the same level, perhaps. So be, I don't think either one is going to the playoffs, but who knows? You know, anything could happen, but it's just so little time, but... You know, I'm looking at the standings. Nobody's really playing well. I mean, there's a couple. Of t- I shouldn't say nobody. 
Colorado and, and L.A. and, and uh, uh, is it Arizona that are playing pretty decent. Cubs are playing pretty good. Atlanta's playing well. Uh, but, you know, after that, there's a lot of below 500 teams. Yeah, and it looks like I, I just pulled up my uh, designated starters for the weekend series against the Mets. And the only confirmed Philly is Saturday night with Nola okay. going against Mats is what I have Yeah, here. So that should be a good game. As you said, the Grom going on Friday night. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see your old friend, Zach Wheeler in one of these games. Yeah, that would be, uh, he, if he only pitched two games so far, he's due to start another one soon. So maybe, maybe that's what they're holding him for. Uh, uh, get him a chance to pitch against his old teammates, but uh, we shall see. And I still think uh, JT would look really good in the Mets uniform. (laughs) Uh, He might. He he still may. Um, As you said. He's going to be a free agent this shortened season. Do the Phillies, what, what do the Phillies do? That's a question mark. They haven't done anything yet, but doesn't mean that they're not going to get the job done. And that would be the perfect splash for a new owner to throw a ton of money at JT Riamuto and bring him in here. Then- yeah, he's, he's going to be your catcher for good six seven years i think yeah is what he wants. I, I i i think that the phillies don't sign him i think that unless he wants to go somewhere you know you never know he may want to go somewhere um but i think uh the mets bids are due in uh the final offers are due in by august 31st they'll make a decision so definitely uh by the end of the year I think sooner than rather than later, I'd rather know, um, you know, we'll have a new owner and hopefully it'll be somebody that will have plenty of money to throw at these players. And uh, let's have a, a season of throwing money wastefully <laughs> and right. see what happens. <laughs> see what sticks. Yeah. Well, Rich, thanks for joining me uh, uh, on uh, Mets Musings. And uh, we really can't do our usual breakdowns as well because uh, we everything is, is so up and down and all around and everything else. So, But uh, great job, and, and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much, Gary, and uh, best of luck to the New York Mets fans and your listeners out there. Thank you so much. And I'll be back right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Check. 
check out my Twitter page at Mets Musings One, and check out a Facebook group. It's at Facebook.com/slash Mets Musings. Go check it out, and don't forget to call the hotline. It's five one six. 619-6341. All right, let's take a look at the schedule. We got the three games with the Phillies and then uh, four with the Miami Dolphins in Miami. So the Mets go to the hotbed of COVID-19. We'll see how they come out of it. Uh, then they'll come home next weekend, the 21st, the 22nd, the 23rd, to play those New York Yankees. We'll have more on that on next week's show. Uh, but uh, that's how the schedule's lining up. They've got the Phillies the Do- and the, the Dolphins. Listen to me. They got the Phillies, and then they got the Marlins. And they'll be away for the next seven games, three with the Phillies, four with the Marlins, before coming back home to City Field to face the dreaded Crosstown Rivals the New York Yankees. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank my guest, the great Rich Baxter, once again for taking time to come on the show and talk about the uh, matchup this weekend. And I want to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you listen to the podcast or watch the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. That helps you grow the show and expand to new listeners. And if you get a chance, please check out my Patreon page at uh, Mets Musings forward slash Mets Musings. And you can also be a part of the show at anchor.fm slash Mets Musings. There's a place there. There's a support button right on that website as well. So go check that out. Anchor.fm slash Mets Musings or Patreon.com slash Mets Musings. Either one will help you be a participant and a patron of this show and don't forget to check out feedspot.com and see where we're the top 15 one of the top 15 new york mets podcasts with number nine you know it's a start uh, <laughs> so go check that out and if you get a chance go to apple play or apple podcast and leave a uh a, rec- a, a five star, a four star, whatever uh, you can on uh, the uh, ranking for the show, the rating for Mets Musings, it would be greatly appreciated. It's, until next time, remember keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go, Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings. <laughs>